Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcast on EU human rights sanctions. EU sanctions target governments, companies, groups or individuals who violate fundamental human rights in the hope that they will change their behaviour. But the EU has recently adopted a global human rights sanctions regime that will allow it to condemn abuses no matter where they occurred. Want to know more? Stay with us. Sanctions are a key part of the EU's human rights toolbox. So when incentives such as preferential market access and diplomacy fail, the EU can pull out sanctions to condemn human rights abuses, prevent conflict or respond to emerging crises. Currently, the EU has over 40 different sanctions regimes in place. Some are mandated by the United Nations Security Council, as in the case of Yemen and Mali, others, when there is no international consensus, as in the case of Syria or Belarus, are adopted autonomously by the EU. So, what do we talk about when talk about sanctions? The most common measures are travel bans and asset freezes against human rights offenders, who are also barred from financial transactions with EU companies and individuals. But these restrictions are often accompanied by embargoes on EU sales of weapons and equipment that can be used for internal repression. The individuals targeted include government ministers, senior military, police and intelligence officers, prosecutors and election officials, as well as non-state actors such as rebel militia. As well as imposing sanctions, the EU can also respond to attacks on human rights and democracy by suspending development aid with certain countries. Indeed. But the EU is shifting its focus from a geographical to a more thematic approach, allowing it to focus on a particular type of problem such as chemical weapons, cyber attacks and now human rights rather than a country. Thematic sanctions have several advantages over geographical ones. They are more flexible and easy to adopt and, as the US experience shows, they put less strain on bilateral relations with countries that are also EU allies and economic partners. By removing geographical constraints, they could also enable the EU to pursue human rights violations more actively and consistently. So how will this new approach work in practice? Stay with us. Now, the United States Global Magnitsky Act, which was adopted in 2016 and named after Sergei Magnitsky, a Russian whistleblower who died in jail after exposing corruption by high-level officials, gives some idea of how future EU human rights sanctions will work. Under the Act, the US government has adopted sanctions against over 100 human rights violators from a wide range of countries. The new EU sanctions regime was approved by EU ministers on the 10th of December 2020 to mark the UN Human Rights Day, although no names have been added to the list yet. In terms of their scope, they will cover genocide, crimes against humanity, torture and other cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment, slavery, extrajudicial, summary or arbitrary executions and killings, enforced disappearance of persons and arbitrary arrests or detentions. But they can also be applied in the event of widespread or systematic violations of core EU values and principles. For instance, in the case of human trafficking, sexual and gender-based violence, and violations of freedom of peaceful assembly, association, opinion and expression, religion and belief. The proposal does not specifically mention corruption, although arguably cases like that of Sergei Medinsky could be tackled under other headings such as torture. So, who will decide on sanctions? 
Well, the idea that NGOs could be allowed to point the finger at human rights offenders was quickly ruled out by member states, who insisted on keeping this power in their hands, shared only with the EU High Representative. To avoid deadlocks and act more effectively, the European Commission and the Parliament were also in favour of moving from unanimity to qualified majority when it comes to deciding on sanctions. But this proposal didn't fly either. But negotiation details aside, the new sanctions regime is finally in place and the challenge now will be to ensure that it is effective in deterring human rights violations and abuses around the world. You are listening to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcasts.